Hello and welcome into Feeling Blue from the Block M Podcast Network here with you on Wednesday, April 19th as we go into Thursday, April 20th. Luke Yardy and Scotty White here with you. We've got a fun one on deck for you today as the ESPN Football Power Index numbers and standings were released, or I should say rankings were released here earlier this week and a couple of maybe kind of eye-turning things coming out with the FPI, as there seems to be each and every year. We're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, Some news on the Michigan basketball front as well with another roster spot opening up. So a lot to get to here on the show. Scotty White, what's going on, man? How are we doing here tonight? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to, you know, get into some FPI talk. Like you said, it's always always something with the FPI, man. I want to really find out what their the algorithm is um and and see what what makes this happen every year um it's always it's always fun to talk about though and you know gets everybody excited for football season um but yeah it feels like the first week in a while where we haven't had any crazy crazy big news happening um so that was uh an interesting change of pace but obviously still got plenty to talk about yes yes we do and yeah, we're what are we right now? About five months, less than five months until the start of the college football season. Yeah, yeah, we are. I mean, it's it's gonna go by pretty quick. I know that we're less than half a year away. Uh, it's gonna be a fun summer preview and what we expect to be a very good Michigan team here in 2023. Um, FPI, they don't necessarily agree with us. Not that Michigan ended up in a in a bad spot, but not exactly where uh, maybe we might have expected them to be as the FPI numbers were released earlier here this week. And uh, to my surprise, at least uh, coming in at number one was Ohio State in action. Actually, by a pretty good margin, a 31 and a half rating, according to the Football Power Index, no one else in the 30s. So Ohio State taking the top spot. I I might be a little flaw right away uh, here, Scotty, in the uh, ESPN FBI, man. Yeah, that was that was a surprise to me, too, because, you know, we've always got Alabama and Georgia up there. and, And obviously, Ohio State's always up near the top. But to see them at number one is interesting, especially because for the first time in a while it feels like the the general consensus consensus is that you know maybe this is going to be the first you know quote unquote down year for Ohio State just based on the past two years against Michigan now they have to go to Ann Arbor you know trying to stop a two game skid against Michigan uh they're losing their quarterback so i mean obviously they've had good success with uh with new quarterbacks you know they're always always uh, very solid at the quarterback position, but it still just feels like, you know, the first time that Ohio state doesn't have a ton of momentum going in to a new college football season. And yet here they are at the top of the FPI. Um, so yeah, that was certainly surprising to me. I mean, I just kind of assumed Alabama was going to be there. It seems like they take the top spot every year. Yeah. And my kind of the, the biggest surprise to me is, is you kind of hit the nail on the head. You're losing a guy who, you know, was a Heisman finalist each of the last two years in CJ Stroud at the the quarterback position, a guy who's, who's been great. I think he was the uh, conference offensive player of the year, the last two years as well. You're losing not only him, but you're losing your two tackles as well. Um, you're only returning according to Bill Connolly at ESPN, Ohio state returning, uh, 67% of its production from a year ago. Good for 48th 
in the country. I mean, it, it's still pretty solid production, but they rank 97th in offensive returning production at 57%. They rank 20th uh, in defensive returning production at 77%. So I, I'm not really sure. Like, they have incredible skill guys, right? Like, that wide receiver room is absolutely stacked. Marvin Harrison Jr. and, you know, just multiple five stars. Um, you know, you, you, you've got a really good running back room. Uh, returning but still like that's that's an offense that relies on very good quarterback play to to really thrive so I'm curious to know and obviously we don't have the the algorithm why exactly like they that the FBI has Ohio State rated so much higher really than anyone in the country because they're followed by Alabama at number two at 28.2 but they're saying like if you use this to determine a spread the FPI would have Ohio state as a three point favorite against Alabama like that. And, and a four point favorite over Georgia, just, I don't know, something kind of red flags going off here for me at, at the top of this FPI, man. Yeah. I mean, and, and a 10 point favorite against Michigan. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't really get that. And, you know, it's like, like I said, they, they, they have proven that their quarterback play is pretty much always elite, but I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, I think that Ohio State's going to be one of the best teams in the country next year. I, I have a feeling it's going to be, you know, the same as the last two years. The Big Ten's going to come down to Michigan versus Ohio State and Ann Arbor. But I I wouldn't quite rush to, to have them at number one in, in any sort of ranking at this point. Um, I don't really know. Like, I mean, everything that you just listed right there, I don't understand how like, like, I wish I knew the resume because I don't understand how any of that equates to them being a four-point favorite against a team that they just lost to in the playoff and, you know, a 10-point favorite against a team that just blew them out at home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't get that. Um, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, I can see that. And then what's, what's Texas doing there, man? What is Texas doing there? <laughs> And yeah, and you, uh, you just you you just mentioned it, man. So the the rest of the the way it goes, you got Alabama coming in at number two, Georgia coming in at number three, LSU sitting there at number four. Uh, I know they got a little momentum coming off the the end of last year. Texas at number five, Michigan all the way down at number six with a twenty one point four rating, point five behind Texas, uh, point eight behind LSU, and then it, it's a full like six point three behind. Georgia like the, the tiers are huge here Ohio State Alabama yeah. Georgia uh in in tier one and then there's a massive drop off to LSU at four and I, again I so my, my thing is I, I'm really really shocked to see Michigan that low oh, yeah. uh given what they accomplished last year going undefeated in the regular season winning the Big Ten championship uh and then according to Bill Connolly of ESPN Michigan has the fifth fifth most returning production in the entire country. Michigan is returning 81% production from a year ago. 84% of their offensive production is returning. 78% of their defensive production is returning. That ranks from fourth on offense and 16th on defense in the entire country coming off an undefeated Big Ten championship winning season. Uh, quarterback coming back, you know, they're, they're losing Ronnie Bell pretty much and Luke uh, Schoonmaker as their, their top two 
pass catchers, but they've got a lot returning uh, in the pass catching department. Obviously, they they have arguably the best running back room in the country with Blake Corum mm-hmm. returning along with Donovan Edwards. The offensive line is going to be absolutely stacked once again. Like it, it is baffling, and I know it's it's an algorithm, right? We don't know exactly what the algorithm yeah. is. That's why I don't try not to get too worked up over like you know FPI. It's 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 just computers, whatever. Right. Um, but but still, I have no idea what's up with the formula that could rank Michigan that yeah. low, given what they're returning and off of a team that accomplished so much a year ago. Right. Yeah. Like you, you definitely, obviously, just just based on these rankings you can't look too much into it but it still is like interesting and it gets people thinking and gets people talking and and the thing is like i i obviously like i i understand alabama and, and georgia being up there above michigan i even understand i don't i don't agree but i'm not surprised that ohio state's above michigan i'm just surprised and not one. 10 points better oh yeah oh that's that is surprising me but what but what really got me was LSU and Texas being yeah. Michigan. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, LSU, like they had a pretty solid year last year, got some momentum going towards the end of the year. B Alabama. Good first year for Brian Kelly for sure. Um, but I mean, I I I can't I can't grasp I, I, and I, and part of me thinks that something going in to this FPI and the reason why Michigan always seems to end up getting the short end of the stick is Michigan plays just a different brand of football than, you know, Alabama and Ohio State. And, you know, sometimes Michigan wins some ugly football games, but they win. And because of that, I feel like sometimes Michigan is not viewed on the same tier as those teams. But at the end of the day, Michigan's proved the last two years they can they can go out and, and beat the Ohio States. They've, they've done it two years in a row. Um, but just part of me feels like maybe that has some sort of like I, I have no idea what it is, but it's just there's something about it that for some reason Michigan always ends up a few tiers below those kind of teams. And I, I don't know. I wonder if maybe that has something to do with it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely don't try to look too much into this FPI because like like we've been I honestly haven't even really looked past the top 10 here. But, yeah, it's uh, it's puzzling, to say the least. Yeah, I, and I, I, I suppose I understand that style of play, but I feel like that would be more for the eye test, right? Like, if you go back to last year, they only had two games that were within a score. The Illinois game right. that they won 19-17, and then Maryland that they won 34-27, and Maryland had that kind of, you know, down two scores with under a minute left, scored a touchdown uh, right. to cut it to seven sort of moment. Other than that, Michigan won every game by multiple scores, so... I man, it, it it's it's hard, and that's just that's even just an eye test thing, you know that that I could understand where you're coming from there, mm-hmm. um, but and you know SP plus love Michigan last year, they love Michigan this year. Uh, coming in preseason SP plus rankings, Michigan comes in at number three. Uh, Georgia and Ohio State are ahead of them, but it is incredibly close at the top. Uh, SP plus rankings. Georgia 31-7, Ohio State a 30.0, Michigan a 28.8. You know, like it, it, it's really close. There's not much separating those teams there, whereas there's miles in SP or, or FPI uh, that, are, that are separating these teams, man. Yeah, it's – I mean, dude, like looking at the winning the division percentage and winning the conference, I mean, Ohio State, they're given a 75.5% chance to win the division, 71% chance to win the Big Ten. Michigan's down at 17.6 for the division and 14.3 to win the Big Ten. I mean, it's – I hope that 
I hope that when the sports books release the odds for conference championships, that it's similar to this because I've already been kicking myself for not placing some money on Michigan at plus 900 preseason last year after winning the Big Ten a year, the year before. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to win the past two conference championships and have them both come down to the Michigan-Ohio State game and then getting Ohio State back in Ann Arbor, I'll tell you this, Michigan has a better chance than 17.6% to win the Big Ten East. So, so here's the thing that I will say. One thing that jumps out at me that w- could potentially give us the reason. So uh, on the ESPN article, it's a, a quick, it, it says a quick reminder on how the FPI works from ESPN. Seth Walder says, quote, the football power index is our season long ratings and projection system in the preseason. It relies on past performance on offense and defense returning and transfer production and past recruiting data for the players on the roster to form a rating. So I do think that there there might be a little too much emphasis put on the recruiting because obviously you go look at it and Michigan is not recruited uh, quite near what those teams in front of them yeah. have, you know, even, even LSU and Texas. But, I, I mean, returning production – should absolutely trump that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, because because that that shows you even even a, a recruiting class, Michigan's development of some of these guys that maybe weren't highly ranked. You know, uh, these guys have went out, showed out, have, have been all Big Ten, all American, you know, type players for Michigan. That you know, if you go back in the 247 composite, probably aren't going to say that they should be there. But if you give recruiting data equal footing. Uh, as in terms of, you know, past performance and returning production, that's going to put Michigan behind the eight ball, but it's ultimately not a great way to, to make your power index. Yeah, that definitely not. And I, I, I have to imagine that that is having a, a decent way in because Texas shows up in the preseason and, and all of these things. Um, and it's not just, you know, things with an algorithm, like everybody gets hyped up on Texas because they recruit so well. But, I mean, it's year after year. I mean, they had the Sugar Bowl in with Sam Ellinger a few years back. But, I mean, what, did they go eight and four last year, something like that, nine and three? And I, and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that's the same thing this year. Like, they have shown year in and year out. It, it doesn't really matter how well they're recruiting. They they seem to lay an egg. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's another reason why, like, you know, Ohio State's killing it on the recruiting trail right now in the 2024 class. Uh, Michigan is too, but um, – which is, you know, something, like you said, we haven't been recruiting at, the, at that level. Um, so it's really cool to see that happening. But but even if Michigan was having, you know, maybe, a, you know, ranked in the 15 to 20 a- area, I wouldn't even be concerned because Ohio State recruits like this every year. And Michigan has proven that they, that, that that's why, that's what makes Jim Harbaugh such a good coach. And, you know, even though, you know, he hasn't, gotten quite over the full hump and you know gotten a national championship ever yet or anything but just you know he's proven that he can win in the nfl and then he comes in and he develops players the whole michigan coaching staff um just the player development there is just special um so yeah even when i see ohio state having such a good stretch like this on the recruiting trail like it doesn't even make me nervous about it because we've seen michigan can develop and 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 beat five stars that ohio state has um but yeah i think that 
that certainly must be a big weight in this algorithm to see Texas that high. That's 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 the one that always gets me. Is Texas. You you are yeah you're you're definitely singling out Texas here, and I understand why because they never quite yeah. live live <laughs> up to it for sure. Um, I, I do say I actually do think Texas is going to be a pretty good team here this year. Quinn Ewers is going to be in his second year starting. I think they've got a really good offense. Xavier Worthy, uh, man, would I have loved to see him in a winged helmet, man. That that yeah. one, he he's the guy who's he going to be, you know, who kind of got away here. But uh, Texas, I I believe. Let, let me go and double check here. But but they're returning um a, a pretty good. Yeah, they they rank top twenty in returning production off of last year, seventy four percent. They lost a bunch of close games last year that uh, all of a sudden you flip them the other way. I mean, could be like Scott Frost in Nebraska, too, where, you know, you expect it to flip the the one score games to flip back and they just don't, you know. Yeah. Um, but but I think I think Texas is a really talented team. I don't think they they should be above Michigan in any in way, shape or form. Uh, but but definitely, I, I think they that's a top 10 team. Uh, for me here this year, Clemson's going to be interesting though, right? You, you're losing, yeah. um, you know, your quarterback there kind of making the transition, e- even though uh, DJ just, just never really worked out for you. Uh, Notre Dame is an interesting one too, uh, because uh, they went and got um, um, Hartman, you know, uh, from Wake Forest there. Hartman, right? Am I, am I yeah. blanking yeah. on that? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Right. Sam <laughs> yeah. Sam Hartman. Um that's that's going to be an interesting team to watch. And then, then you got Penn State at 10, man. Penn State is a team that if they get decent quarterback play, they're they're yeah. definitely going to have something to say about the Big Ten East here this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, that, that trip to uh, Happy Valley is not going to be easy at all. Um, and and I get I get everything that you're saying about Texas, and it makes complete sense. And, and I think that you very well could be right. I mean, especially with, you know, the way Oklahoma played last year um it'll it'll be interesting to see if they can come back uh to their dominance um but but I think that for Texas for me first of all I have a little bit of a store spot because I I always have that same outlook I'm like they have so many talented players like there's no way that this team isn't going to be really good this year you know I I I put them I I give some big 12 futures to them and then they never pan out for me so at this point, I'm just like, you know what? Until until they prove it to me, I'm going to be tweeting that they're going eight and four, nine and three all offseason. The but gambling right. bias I mean, is so real. It is, dude. <laughs> but I mean, you're right. Like they are, they have a ton of talent on the team. They just in past years haven't been able to put it together. Um, but I think that the uh, the tides are changing a little bit in college football. I think that you know, I think the Oklahoma rain is is over. I think that yeah. they're falling off and, and, you know, maybe, maybe it's Texas that takes it over. I, I really, it, it could be TCU. I honestly think that was more of a one year thing. Texas is definitely built for the law lo- for the long haul while TCU isn't. Um, USC is making a comeback. And I, and I think that the Clemson dominance is over too, you know, Florida state's starting to recruit really well. I think that they're going to be back soon. South Carolina is killing in the 2024 class. Um, so uh, and and now you know Michigan taking over Ohio State the past two years. Hopefully, hopefully we get that trend to continue. But you know th- these kind of things happen over time. You know throughout college football history, and it's it's hard to see the tides changing. You know when we're living in present time. But I think that I think that we're going to start seeing some some new trends in these dominant teams. Oklahoma is the one too. That that's a team that stands out in the FPI for me at number eleven, and I'm like, yeah. really? I yeah, uh, I have a, a coming off the year that they had, 
not even returning uh, all that much uh, here this year. I'm not sure. Like, I have no idea how good Brett Venables is as a head coach, you know, going into year number two. But he certainly hasn't uh, exactly, uh, you know, made a strong case for himself. Like, Oklahoma's returning 62% production, 77th in the country on that front, you know, coming off a really bad year. I know they went out and got a couple of decent transfers, but, I mean, nothing that – that really sticks out to me. So I I don't know, man, uh, Oklahoma at number 11, that, that feels almost like a legacy play right there from FPI. Yeah, that, that is, I mean, what, what they go six and six last year, seven and five. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, part of me thinks that another thing that they've got in this algorithm is if your name is Oklahoma, Clemson, yeah. Alabama, <laughs> Texas. Ohio State, Georgia, Texas, <laughs> you get, you get bumped up about five extra points. <laughs> That's that sort of feel, and then if you're Michigan, you just get bumped down because of 2020 or something like that. I don't know, man. Exactly. FBI, yeah, I, I feel like FBI just hasn't liked Michigan. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, never. like if you you go back like a couple of years ago, and obviously they were coming off a bad year, but what they gave them a two point two percent chance of winning the Big Ten, going to the college football playoff. Like, like it, it always just seemed like FBI was a little lower on Michigan than everyone else. And you know, you could oh, say yeah. that they were kind of right for a couple of years there, but I, I don't know the the adjustments haven't really quite caught up with where the Michigan exactly. program is right now. Exactly. Yeah, dude, I'm pretty sure after the 2020 season, it had like, like you know, it says for six wins on Michigan and you know, all these teams, it says a hundred percent, like obviously there's not a hundred percent chance that happens. And like USC, um, or if you go down to, you know, one of the really crappy teams, it'll give them like a 0.0% chance. I think it said that for Michigan for winning the big 10 in, uh, in 2021. <laughs> and I'm like, really a 0% chance. And Michigan yeah, yeah. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to look at these um, and talk about. You know, it, it 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 does get me excited for college football anytime there's like any sort of new ranking or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I really, I really do despise the FBI a lot. I want to let you know that support for Feeling Blue is brought to you by Homefield Apparel. And in case you aren't familiar with Homefield, it's a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. Their stuff is amazing. It's so comfortable, but it's also so Cool. And I love what Homefield does in the sense that they really study the history of the school. Um, so there are great designs that they they kind of intertwine, like kind of the new stuff with the old school. And they've got a great line of new Michigan designs that you literally cannot find anywhere else. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, crew necks. They have it all. And it's so comfortable, so stylish. And we're going to hook you up with some discount here so you can rep Michigan and not break the break the bank to do so. All you have to do is head over to homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code Michigan15 for 15% off your first order. And not that's not one item. That is the entire order. Get that t-shirt, get that hoodie, get that crew neck, get it all. You're going to get 15% off using promo code Michigan15 at homefieldapparel.com. 
ESPN.com. Luke Yardy, Scotty White here with you on Feeling Blue, talking about uh, the ESPN Football Power Index that released earlier here this week. Michigan at number six, Ohio State at number one, Penn State at number 10, Big Ten East. Uh, Going to be very competitive here this year. Very curious about the Big Ten West, ESPN, FPI, uh, looking at it just off offhand here, man. They're giving a clear favor to Luke Fickle in his first year at Wisconsin, coming in at number 20. No other Big Ten West team making the, the top 25 of the ESPN FBI. That is really intriguing where Wisconsin's going to go here this year. Yeah, that that's a team that I'm, that I'm excited to see. Um, you know, they had a, a little bit of a fall off, um, but I mean, they've been, you know, since we've gone to these divisions, they've been the, the class of the West and I don't, I don't really see who's going to compete with them. Honestly. I mean, Iowa, um, you know, they, really should have won the West last year, despite it was funny. Like, I feel like we were joking about Iowa every single week and then they were a win against Nebraska away from going to the big 10 championship. That's just, that's just what happens in the big 10 West. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I think that, I mean, Luke Fickle's proven he, he's a really good coach. Um, so I, I don't, I don't expect anyone to really compete with them. Um but yeah, that's, I, think, I, I, I feel like gonna, that's what we said about the Big Ten West last year, though, too, right? Yeah, like, I mean, like, I, I feel like yeah, it's been Wisconsin to lose the, the last five years over there. Right. I just don't have faith in any of those other teams. I mean, Illinois, right. like they had their best season in forever last year, and uh, you know they're way down here below. Uh, they're down below Minnesota, below Iowa. Um, so I don't know. I, I I could be wrong, but I just I I see Wisconsin winning the West by probably at least two games wow yeah i i just that, dude i i just i have that little faith in that in that division okay it's, it's, it, it's just always so chaotic you know um yeah especially you know matt rule coming in for for nebraska as well they're getting an influx of pretty good coaches though i i thought the big 10 west was doing that a while ago too right when, when they went out uh and they got scott frost to come in and it was like okay they're they're making some moves up um uh, Fleck going to uh, Minnesota, like they're going out and they're they're getting some guys and some you know decent coaches over there. Just never really panned out. PJ Fleck, he's had a couple of decent years uh, in Minnesota, but nothing really to to ultimately write home about, you know. Um, and uh, oh, obviously uh, Purdue. How about Brom leaving Purdue? And and now all of yeah. a sudden, what's go- what, what's going to be happening there? That that opens up a whole new thing. Over there's just a lot of instability over in that division. But we'll see if uh, if it's going to be the big name coaches in in Luke Fickle in Matt Rule to really take reign of that division. Yeah, yeah. No, you brought up a good point with Rule. I um, I, I think that I think that he really does have a good chance at, at getting Nebraska back. But but at the end of the day, I thought the same thing with uh with Nebraska. Um, and it, it was very silly of me. I was so high on Nebraska last off season, dude. I, <laughs> you were, was... man. You loved Nebraska last <laughs> yeah, year. <laughs> that was one of my biggest misses. So I guess maybe whatever I say about what's going to happen at this time of year is going to be wrong, but um, I do. Th- I, I do mean, that's, that. that's been the motto of the big 10 West though. What everyone thinks yeah. is going to happen is ultimately just not going to be the true. thing that happens. That is true. But my reasoning for, for Wisconsin, I, I have a ton of faith in both Matt Rule and um, Luke Fickle. Um, I just think that, you know, Wisconsin, they've they've been so much better than Nebraska in recent years, and it's going to be a lot easier to pick them up. Um, and I think that those two programs within the next five to ten years will kind of start to 
pull away. And I, you know, obviously we're going to get new divisions and hopefully they just scrap the divisions in general. But if they were to like, let's say hypothetical world, those divisions stayed the same. I think that Wisconsin and Nebraska could get to the point where, you know, they're competitive and, and kind of evening out the, the East and the West a little bit. Um, I mean, dude, it's been crazy just how just totally different the two divisions have been since they did that. I mean, the West, the West has never won a Big Ten championship. Yeah, that's that shouldn't be the case. Like, <laughs> you know, it should. It's crazy. It shouldn't be like that. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so I'm actually, I cannot wait until we get a change in that, dude. It's been. I mean, I guess it's kind of nice. Like the past two years, when Michigan beats Ohio State, it's like, all right, we won the Big Ten. But at the end of the day, it's not very good for the conference. Right, right. It wasn't. I, I mean, before Georgia, it was kind of like that in the SEC. Am I right? Yeah, pretty much. I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think uh, of anyone from the East outside of Georgia that that has won, and I and I'm not really company in like the last you know uh, decade or so prior prior right. to Georgia winning last or last year 2017. Uh, Georgia won the SEC, but outside of them, I don't think uh, I think you got to go all the way back to Florida in 2008. Yeah, I was gonna say Florida's made it a couple times, but they didn't win it. So, so they they've kind of had yeah. a similar problem down there. Now now Georgia just runs college football, so I guess it's right. not much of a problem anymore. But right, I I, I can't see that happening with the team from the Big Ten West. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you, you don't you don't think you don't think Nebraska is going to be back to back national champs anytime soon. Can't see it. <laughs> if there was one man for the job, it was Scott Frost. <laughs> Yeah, what a what a what a great legacy coaching career oh he had there, man. Good lord, uh, it's got to be brutal that. for got to be brutal for him, man. Because because for a while there, I mean, you were wondering about him and you were wondering about Harbaugh, and then yeah. you know Harbaugh's really just he's he's delivered on what you know was promised ultimately, and Scott Frost got the boot, you know. So yeah. th- th- those programs went two completely different directions there at the crossroads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really did. Um, and it seemed like it really seemed like the perfect hire at the time. And, yeah. you know, I mean, everyone thought he was going to bring him back. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, a loss to Georgia Southern and then a firing. I mean, it, oh. it, it doesn't get any more rock bottom than that. Manscaped now sells beard products. Once again, revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology is amazing. It's got a cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel, 20 hair cutting lengths with one guard. You don't have all the guards in the drawer messing it all up. And you also get the awesome beard balm, beard oil, the shampoo. I mean, what's not to love? Get that beard looking amazing for this summer and save a little money head to manscaped.com and use promo code mnb for 20 percent off and free shipping mnb20 is the promo code to get 20 percent off your order and free shipping mnb20 at manscaped.com so as we wrap it up a little conversation uh towards college football gonna be here before you know it but love these preseason rankings and project projections because it just gives us an excuse to talk some college football scotty white where can we find you on social media man you guys can give me a follow on twitter at scotty white underscore um still got the michigan baseball season rolling right now make sure you're following them 
uh, all the articles coming out there, all the podcasts being posted there. Um, we got the NFL draft coming up. And, you know, always things happen with college football. Um, you can find everything on my Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Give me a follow there. Uh, follow the Maze of Brew page as well. And also the Fans First uh, Sports Network page where, uh, you know, the umbrella that the Block M Podcast Network is under. You can get all the Block M Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, iTunes, you know the deal, man. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And that's going to wrap it up for us on this week's Feeling Blue. Appreciate you hanging out with us here. He's Scotty White. I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week.